Amen. Amen. Amen, church. Man, aren't we blessed to have such a powerful worship team? Thank you guys so much for leading us in worship. We are blessed by it. You guys doing all right this morning? Good morning to you on this fall, October. We are in October. Crazy, crazy. October 1st, it's such an honor to have each and every one of you here this morning. We are going to dive in here in a second, but I just want to bring up uh, those that have not been here in the past couple weeks or we're we're not here last week. Um, Where we're at as a church and what we're talking about and what we're walking through. Um, We went through a week of fasting and praying, saw some amazing stuff happened as a church. If you were a part of that devotional time and that time of fasting and praying, we we were able to pray for a lot of things, see some some cool doors open, some some miracles happen in people's lives. We saw some breakthrough. And as we were praying and fasting for breakthroughs, that is where we were heading as a church and what we are preaching and teaching to the church about. Anybody thankful that God is the God of breakthroughs? Anybody thankful this morning that God is the God of breakthroughs? Whether you know that or not, whether you believe that or not, what I know to be true has been the way that I wanted it? Nope. (laughs) Has it always been the way that I thought it should be? Absolutely not. But he has gone before me. He has been always behind me, and he's always next to me. God is the God of breakthrough. And last week, we discovered to stay in it. To stay in it, to stay in the fight regardless of what is going on around you, regardless of the season that you're walking through, I encouraged us, I, it encouraged me to stay in it, to stay in it. We learned about Jesus with his disciples in the boat when the storm came, and Jesus was sleeping on a pillow. He was passed out because he knew who his Father in heaven was. He knew no matter what the storms were going to come, no matter what waves were going to crash, he knew how good his dad was. And he was good. He was cool. So he could sleep. And we learned a mighty example. Anybody thankful that we can stay in it knowing that God is with us? Amen? This is not a quiet church. (laughs) We interact. You know why you say amen? I've said this before and I'll say it again because we're teaching our people. Amen means, yes, God, let that be in my life. As hard as it may be, let that be in my life. So when something is said, when something is sung, and we say amen to it, it's, a, it's another way of saying, God, seal that in my heart. Seal that in me, because I need that. I need that for this week. I need this for the, the trial that I'm walking through. So God is the God of breakthrough, and he is in it with us. Amen? Come on now. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Psalms 118. Got a lot of stuff going on up here. 118, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture this morning. Anybody thankful for God's word? So good. If I can get to it. I'm going to read uh, 1 through 9 and 15 through 24. Old Testament Psalms. Psalms are amazing. They're beautiful. There's a lot of power in them, a lot of teaching in them. I encourage you. Let me just give you an insight, a little insight to what I do every morning. Every morning I try to read a Psalms and a Proverbs every morning. It encourages me. It corrects me. It challenges me. If you're like, I don't know where to start reading in the Bible, (laughs) read a Psalms, read a Proverbs, and then go into wherever you guys are on the reading plans and check those out. But this is encouraging word, and today we're going to discover something. I I pray that this principle, this truth is like deeply rooted into the DNA of each and every one of you, but also this church. This message is entitled, The Key to It All. Walking through breakthrough, 
We have the key to it all. And I'm going to read starting in verse 1. You guys there? If you're there, say, I'm there. Big Bible's going to be on the screen. Verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. I think the writer is trying to get to a point here. God's love endures forever. Amen? I'm going to teach and I'm going to preach. You all better come with me on this this morning. His love endures forever. Four times. Four times. Not one, four. He's getting somewhere. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? What can mere man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better, the psalmist says, to take refuge and trust in the Lord than putting our refuge and trust in man. That will preach another message another time. But that right there, more than ever today, not in my notes, we need to grasp this as the church. Our hope is not in some man. Our hope is not in some system. Our hope is in Jesus. Man can't do anything for us. Jesus can do it. Jesus will do it. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Skip down to verse 15, and this is where we're going to land. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. This is it. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter. And give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. He's talking about Jesus' future. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice Come on, church, today and be glad. Powerful. I don't know about you, but I am amped after just reading that. I've read that like 17,000 times this week. Even now, I am amped because it's the living, breathing, active word of God that should make your spirit wake up this morning. He is good, and he is worthy to be praised. Jesus, this is your word. We thank you for it. Father, Thank you that we have the opportunity to come into your presence. Seal this word in our hearts. We're so thankful for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. A thankful heart, a thankful person. Have any of you ever been around a person that's just always thankful? You know, the, you know who I'm talking about. They're usually magnetic. They're usually dynamic. You want to be around someone that is full of thanks. Anybody. Me, awesome. 
You're all liars. You want people around you that are full of thanksgiving and thankfulness. If you don't, we'll talk after. People that are thankful, people that are constantly people about giving back thanks, you want to be around. There's just something about them. Having a heart of thanks is the supernatural access to God's presence. I'm giving you the end at the beginning. People that are full of thanks, it's powerful. You want to be around them. There's an explosion that happens when you get to see something because you have a heart of thankfulness. There's an explosion of God's working in our lives when we start to have a heart of thankfulness. See, I grew up in a home. My parents are pastors. They're amazing. And we always had dinner together as long as they were there and they weren't out about. We always had a meal together every night. And without fail, every night, my mom, who was a godly woman, who prayed for me, who prayed me through a lot, you all better be thankful for her because the only reason I'm standing here is Jesus and my mother's prayers. But she was always, without fail, going to do one of two things at the kitchen table after we finished eating. She was going to pull out her little Bible, and she was going to read us a devotional, or she was going to make us go around the room and tell each other what we were thankful for in that day. Without fail, every time. It kind of became a running joke in our family, right? We started to just pull things out, like the most ridiculous things that we were just like, man, I don't really want to do this right now. I don't really have the time for this right now. Mom, do you know my schedule? I'm 14 years old. We just, she was all about it. She was all about making sure that we were raised to have a heart of thanksgiving. And there was times that we went around the circle and I got, it got to me and I was just like, man, I, I got nothing to be thankful for. I really don't. I hate my life. I'm a high school kid. I got no friends, no good nothing. No, I got nothing. And I would look, and my dad would look at me and said, boy, <laughs> you got a lot to be thankful for. You see this roof on your head? You see the clothes on your back? You see that food you're eating? That's because me and your mother, so you better be thankful for something. I was like, dad, you're right. I'm thankful for the food. He's like, better. Now go. But how sad is it? that I would sit around that table sometimes and I couldn't find anything to be thankful for. Couldn't find anything. I, I, was, I was taken care of. I, I was protected. I was provided for. But I still had a heart of unthankful, unthankfulness. A heart of thanks. A heart of thanksgiving is powerful. It opens up the door to so many things. Church, as we are walking through this series of breakthrough, as we are discovering who God is and what he's about, about breaking through your situations and your circumstances, we have to know something. There's a key to all this. Thanks, God. When's the last time you looked up to heaven and just said, thanks, God? Thanks. When's the last time? I remember my mom would be in her prayer time in the morning. And I would walk up and I would hear her praying and interceding and I would just hear her say over and over, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'd be like, Mom, pray something else. You got something else in you? Like, I need some help here in this situation. And she would just say, thank you, Jesus, for my kids. Thank you, Jesus, for my husband. Thank you, Jesus, for the church. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for the... She would just go. I'm not talking five minutes. I'm talking hours. And more than ever today, I look at this word and I go, she understood it. She got it we got a generation of people that have no thanks in their hearts. we got a generation of people that if I don't have what I should have and what I think I should have, I'm not going to be thankful for anything that I have. 
How wrong are we? How wrong am I? Church, Jesus has done enough for you. If he doesn't do anything else for you, he died on a cross. He took some whips to his back. He took a crown of thorns on his head. His blood poured out for you. And then he went to the, the gates of hell and he stole the keys and he said, through this, you have an eternal life with me, an abundant life. He doesn't need to do anything else, church. He's done enough. Amen? It's not coffee this morning. I think it's just a lack of sleep. But I'm going in. The key to all this, thank you. Thank you. Thanks always brings you back. You know that? You know, when you're sitting through a trial, when you're sitting through a, a storm, and, you're, and the, the waves are raging and the things are happening, you know what always brings you back? What always brings me back? Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Regardless of what's going on around me, regardless of what's happened in my past, regardless of what people have said about me, thank you, Jesus, that I'm still standing. Thank you, Jesus, that you've kept me. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not where I should be. You've brought me to this place. Thanks always brings you back to the center of Jesus' love. Woo! Just look to the person next to you and just say thank you. Thank you for sitting next to me. We're going to start working on this. Look to the person that you didn't look to and say thank you also for sitting next to me. Thanks always brings you back regardless of what's going on. You don't have the time to not thank God. You don't have the time to not thank Jesus. You don't have the time to thank God for the job that you have. Even though you have a coworker there that you want to hurt at times, but you're going to pray for them and believe that they're going to come to the kingdom of God with you, you don't have time to not thank God for that job. You don't have time to thank God for the family that you do have. You don't have time to not thank God for the money that's in your bank account, regardless if you're looking at it going, I don't know how I'm going to make this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But God, thank you for what is in there because I'm going to use it. You don't have time to not thank Jesus. He is good. We don't have time to play games and to not thank him. A thankful heart always brings you back. It always reminds you of his goodness. It always reminds you of his mercy. You can sit at God's feet and you can just say thank you. Thank you, God. I'm walking through this. This is tough, but thank you, God, that you're with me. Regardless of what Satan may want to put in front of me, regardless of Satan may want to speak to me, I know you're good. I know you're worthy to be praised. I know you are still my Father in heaven that loves me and is for me and never against me. Thank you, God. We don't got time to not thank him. He's worthy of it, church. Regardless of who you know God to be or not know how to God to be, I know that the God that I serve and the God that I read about is full of love. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. And if I just thank him for those three things every single day, every single moment of my life, my heart will not be hardened towards what the world is doing, to what God is doing in this city. Because when we stop thanking God, we stop losing the eyes of God. You don't have time not to thank him. And if you run out of things to thank him for, thank him for the things that he hasn't done in your life. Hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, that I'm not in that relationship anymore. Thank you, Jesus, that you took that person from me, that it was a toxic relationship, and I shouldn't have been in it in the first place. Thank you, God, for shutting that door. Hello. Oh, no one's 
that. But God, I love them. It was toxic. It was destroying you. So thank you, God, that you kept me from that. Thank you, God, for what you haven't done in my life. Because if you opened up those doors and I stepped through those doors, I wouldn't be ready for those doors. And if I stepped through them, I would destroy it. Thank you, God, for what you haven't done in my life. Because I trust you that you're big enough and you know me enough. For what you're not doing for me, it's because I don't need to go that route. I don't need to go to that direction. I don't need to be a part of that. I don't need any of that. Thank you, God, for what you've kept from me. Thank you, God, for what you're keeping from me. Anybody thankful? He's that good. He's that good. He'll bring you stuff. He will keep stuff from you. He will take things from you that are going to harm you, that are going to hurt you. Do we have a will, a free will it's called? How many hate your free will? No, God, <laughs> I'm going to open up this door. No, JP, I didn't open up that door for you. No, God, I know it better. <laughs> no, you don't. This is how God and I talk. It's real awkward sometimes. Don't ever come into my house at 6.30 in the morning. You'll be like, what the heck is going on with this man? No, God, thank you that, that the door's locked. I can't walk through that door right now. Thank you, God, for the family and the protection that you've put on my family. Thank you that I'm still standing here. This is good. You know what's amazing? When, when people start to get this, when we, when we start to grasp this, when we start to live by this, you know what happens? We become very desperate in our worship for God. Not distracting, desperate. We become desperate for God's love. We become more desperate for his grace. We become more desperate for his hand. Oh, I, I, I've been to many churches. I've been to many different conferences. I've seen a lot of different things. And you know what's amazing to see and to watch? Those people that are desperate in worship. You want to know why they're desperate in worship? Because they have a heart of thanksgiving. They thank God for where they're at today. They thank God for their church that they're at today. They thank God for the leadership in their life today. They thank God for the jobs, for the family, for the friends that they do have. They are so desperate that they can't help but lift their hands. Sing out a little louder. Clap their hands before God because they have a heart of desperate thanks to God. I've seen it. And I hope, I hope for each one of you that you are desperate in your worship to God because he is desperately pursuing you. You see that in people. Well, no, in my tradition, in my culture, we just stand there. Fine. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you it's wrong. I just know what the scripture says. It doesn't say lift up a, sh a soft praise to God. God, you're worthy. You're so worthy. My wife's telling me to stop. <laughs> no, it says lift up a mighty praise. It says lift up a mighty shout. Lift up a mighty voice to the heavens. Because he has done a lot for you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I got breath in my lungs today. I got breath. I'm breathing. You woke me up. Praise God. You know how many times I get out of bed, I'm like, thank you. Woo! Here we go. I thought I had a dream. I thought I saw the white light, and I'm here. Woo! I had 
happens a lot. I get out of bed. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm still here. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my home. Thank you for this church. Thank you for each and every person that you're reaching. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. People are full of desperate worship when they know how good our God is. Let me just give you real quick, and we're going to go a few minutes longer here. I hope that's okay today. But what is the standard of thanks? Well, that's great, JP. So, so you just say thank you all the time. What's the scriptural standard of thanksgiving to God? Well, I read a lot of it, but let me just give you a New Testament point of view. Eh? Cool. Acts 5. Jesus has left the earth. But he has given his apostles and his followers the spirit of God. And so they are empowered by God's spirit to go and to move. Anybody thankful for God's spirit, as weird as that sounds, in our lives? So God's spirit has given the apostles. So guess what these brothers go do? They go to work. They start teaching. They start preaching. They start reaching the world and the lost. Jews and Gentiles start going. They start going, going, going. And guess what happens when you start to do the work of God? Not everybody's going to like you. Praise the Lord. You're like, oh, that was good up until that point. These brothers are sharing the good news of God, and they get arrested. Acts 5, check it out. Read it later. They get arrested, and they're they're throwing accusations at them. They're, they're accusing them of things that they never did. These guys were full of love. They wanted to share the good news, the greatest news of all time, Jesus, to people. And people didn't like it. They were messing with their system. Another time, another sermon. And so they say, arrest these men, flog these men, and let's kill them. And some dude stands up and says, no, 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 don't do that. If this is of Jesus, if this is of God, it'll last. If it's not, it won't last. So don't worry about it. Thank God for that man. And these brothers were flogged and then let go. Now you think flogged. What does flogged mean? <laughs> does that mean like when I was in trouble, my mom would call me in and put me on the knee and just like give me like, a, you know, like one of those flogged? No, 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 no. These dudes were beaten. They were bloodied and beaten for Jesus. And they walk out of that place. This is the standard of thanks in the church. They walk out of that place. And they're not like, oh my gosh, like, holy cow, God, this wasn't worth it. Like, wow, oh man, people don't like me. Oh man, I'm not fitting in with everybody. Whew. No, they stand straight up and they go, it says, and start preaching and teaching house by house. And they said, hey, listen, thank you, Jesus, for this. Thank you, God, for where you have me today. I don't care what's going on around me. I thank you for who you are and how good you are. Because you've saved me, you redeemed me, and I'm going to go forward. I don't care if I'm bloodied and bruised. I don't care if I've been kicked out and left out. Jesus, you are good and you are worthy to be praised. You want to know the standard of thanksgiving? That's the standard of thanksgiving. Woo! You're all like, please sleep next Sunday. It's the standard, no matter what. We're thankful to God. No matter what happens. No matter if they love you or they hate you. No matter if all your friends go to the club and you're staying back. Like, no, I'm going to go serve people tonight. I'm going to get alone with God tonight. You're going to get alone? What? We're going to the club. Let's go to the club. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good time. Let's go to the club. You're like, no, no, that's not, that's not God's plan for my life. That's not God's great plan for my life. He's got more in store for me. They may hate you, but guess what? I promise you, they're going to watch you, and they're going to come back to you, 
and say, the club failed me. Why are you the way you are? Oh, let me tell you, Jesus. Jesus. That's why I am, Jesus. He's been so good to me. I can't help but thank him. This is encouraging you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Three things, we're out of here. Thank you, Jesus, gives us a perspective on how his love endures forever, how his hand of protection and provision is upon us, and it opens us up to the presence of God. Let me read that again. Thanking Jesus gives us a perspective. You should write this down, put it in your phone, because I'm telling you, Satan's going to try to get some stuff in your head this week, and you're going to go back to this and be like, okay, no, 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 his love endures forever, so I'll give him thanks for that. His hand of protection and provision is upon me. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And when I thank Jesus, I get into the presence of God. You, you want to put that in the phone, write it in the notes, because that's good. Thanking Jesus reminds us that his love endures forever for us. Says it four times. God, you're good. Your love endures forever. God, let all the people say your love endures forever. God, you are good. Your love endures forever. I say this all the time, and it's a joke, but it's true. He, they could have put God, your love endures sometimes. It's not how scripture's written. Forever means forever. Forever. His love's not going to just leave you. His love's not just going to go away from you. His love's just not going to fall off of you because of your sin and because of your past. That's not God. That's not Jesus. That's not who he is. He doesn't look down upon you and said, you've messed up too much. I'm taking my love away from you. You've done too many wrong things. I'm taking my love away from you. No, what he does do is his grace comes over you. And his grace convicts you and it changes you. And repentance happens and you get right back to the Father. And you go, my God, thank you. Your love endures forever. Your love endures forever. You want to know how you know his love is enduring? You're still here. You're still here. So he's got something for you to do here. He's got a work for you to do here. His love needs to come out of you and to reach the people around you. His love endures forever. If you just said that over and over, I just can imagine the spark that happens in your life in the morning. The spark when you're at the midday and you're like, I'm going to kill somebody if I don't get out of this office space. Guess what, God? Your love endures forever, so your love endures forever for everybody else. Okay, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you that your love endures forever. Knowing this. Knowing this, guys, this allows you to take your past and throw it. Get rid of it. God, your love endures. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not who I was. I'm changed and changing still. I'm changed by your grace. I'm changed by your love. I'm changed by who you are. Thank you, God. Oh, you guys are getting a little quiet on me. This is good news. You'd want a God that says, my love endures forever? Or do you want a God that's like, hey, my love only endures when you're serving me properly 100% all the way? Just me. I want this God that's like, my love endures forever, son. I'm with you. My love endures forever. I'm with you. Second thing is this. Thank God for his hand of protection and provision. Thank God for his hand of protection and provision on your life. It says that in the scripture, it said that God's going to take you to the spacious places. Woo! Love that one. I'm like, yes, God. Thank you very much. What is that going to mean? 
He's going to enlarge your territory. He's going to take you to places and places you never thought you would be. And he's going to place you in those places. How many times can I say places? He's going to put you in places, in spaces that you never thought you could be at. And you're going to sit there and you're going to go, how did I get here, God? Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your protection. Thank you for your provision for putting me here. Thank you for all the times that you protected me that I didn't even know about. We were driving on 55 the other night. We were heading out of the city. And there was bad traffic, and I'm losing my mind. I hate traffic. My wife's calming me down, laying hands on me, praying for me. I'm like, this is nuts. Why? Dead stop. Why? Up the road, not even a half a mile, there's a semi. And it's got what appeared to be granite, stacks of granite. Anybody ever seen these trucks before? You ever drive past it on the highway and go, man, I wonder how good that is, like sealed up. Is that pretty tight there? Did they crank that an extra one? They didn't do it on this truck. All that granite, whoo, ground, smashed all over 55. And I sat there, and the image came to my head. Man, I am so mad. God, get us out of this traffic. Maybe, just maybe, if we would have gotten on the road a little bit sooner, we could have been next to that granite truck. Oh, you can't say that. Yes, I can, because we don't know what happens. Maybe, just maybe, God, there was not a car touched. There was not a people hurt. Maybe, just maybe, God's hand of protection said, no, let's just, let me just move this stuff, shift this stuff, and get you out of the way and get you there safely. Praise God. Thank you, God. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that one? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your provision. You know when you start to get this heart of thanking God, you start to activate the Holy Spirit's working of serving people, loving people, going after people. You want to know why? Because when you know that God protects you and he's providing for you, you don't have the time to have fear step into your life. You have the time to reach people that are lost and forsaken and are dying and are going to spend eternity in hell. You have the you don't have the fear, but you have the power to step up and step out and start to say, God's already protected me. He's going to protect me. He's already provided for me. He's going to provide for me. I'm going to go. Oh, I'm the pastor. You got to do that, JP. That's your calling. No, you're the church. Not building. You are the church. So as the church, we step up and we step out of the church. These seats should be filled. We should have more than one service. We should be having services upon services upon services so that people can come in here and hear the good news of Jesus. You all have it. If you don't, we're going to invite you to be a part of it. But thank God for his provision. Thank you, Jesus, for your protection. I want to just say this. When you start to thank God, for what he's done, what you've seen and what you haven't seen, when you start to thank God for where he's taken you, you start to make the devil pay. I heard, a, I heard a pastor say one time, just make the devil pay. I'm like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. He had it on his arm. He's like, make the devil pay. I was like, what are you talking about, bro? That's so weird. And he explained it to me. He's like, no, 
I want to make the devil pay for everything that was in my past. I want to make the devil pay for everything that he has tried to get me caught up in. I want to make the devil pay for every trap that Satan has set before me that I didn't walk through because God is so good that he grabbed me and took me away from that trap. I'm going to make the devil pay for what he told me I was. I'm going to make the devil pay for where he wanted me to be. This is good news, church. I'm going to make the devil pay because God is good and Jesus is worthy of it and Jesus has protected me. I'm going to make the devil pay for where he thought I would be because I'm going to stand here today and say Jesus Jesus my king my savior my lord he's kept me Satan you can pay for all that stuff look what Jesus done you know when you start to say Jesus' name the devil has to flee Jesus thanks devil's gone Jesus thanks devil's gone Jesus thanks devil's creeping back he can't stand He can't be there. He can't be a part of it. Third thing is this, and we're going to close. Thanking Jesus, this is the best news of it all, leads you into his presence. Man, praise God. You know, we have people today, they're like, how do I get into the presence of God? Like, how do I just, man, you talk about the presence of God, and it's not a bad thing that you ask these questions. Like, man, what does it mean to be in the presence of God? How do I get to it? Like, that just is how. Is there a formula? Is there an action? Like, can you write up a plan for me of an attack to get into God's presence? And I read this. I go, it's simple. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My hands are open. My heart is open to you. My mind is open to you. Thank you, Jesus. And it says, when you thank Jesus, you walk into the courts of righteousness. God is not a God of please first. He's a God of thanks first. It's reversed in the heavenlies. It's reversed. It's different from the way the world works. If I walk up to my wife and I want a new shirt, I'm like, babe, can I please get a new shirt? And she's like, step away from me. We don't have that. Get away from me. I don't walk up to her and say, thanks for the new shirt. How many of you know I would be in trouble? She'd be like, what do you mean thanks for the new shirt? You didn't buy a shirt. I was like, oh, shirt, okay. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work the way that we work as human beings. It works this way. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm in your presence now. I'm here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If all I'm just going to do today is sit here at your feet and thank you, you're worthy of my thanks. You're worthy of my praise and adoration. Thank you, God. Thank you for giving me breath in my lungs, for taking me where I am at today. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm able to get to your courts. Thank you, God, that I have a spacious place. Thank you, God, that you've not made me the tail, but you've made me the head. Thank you, God, that you've protected me day in and day out. I don't know, church, what I have to do to make this a point. To you, that saying, Thanks be to God, get you before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe. Like, that is amazing news. If anything, it should get you out of your chair. You should praise God a little bit more. You should thank God a little bit more, church, because He is worthy of our praise and adoration. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that I'm not where I should be. Thank you, God, that, you know what, that situation was a little messy. That situation that happened with my family hurt. But thank you, God, that I'm still here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me pray for us this morning.